Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. However you like to do it, indoors, outdoors, in the gym or playing the field, you know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you, brands that turn you on, innovation that gives you the edge and no strings advice, so you can choose life with benefits, style with benefits, sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports at lifestylesports.com. Welcome, welcome everybody to the Blood and Mud podcast and live stream for, and live stream for patrons. Oh, of yes. course, this is Blood and Mud, the podcast also known as Blueco Muhan. <laughs> is it now? <laughs> well, why not? It's all the rage. So. Indeed. Who hasn't um, got a, a spicy alt out there to? Uh... Yes, it's as yeah. you can tell by the outer attire that we're wearing this week. It's a little bit cooler than it was last week, isn't it, Josh? Yeah, I mean it's still pretty warm. It's still like twenty-four degrees, but I mean to be honest with you, such was the the desolation I felt at looking at myself in a, a vest for a total of about oh. three and a half hours last week. I just don't want to do that again. I have, you know, like you know, when you look at yourself in any clothing. And you look yeah, yeah. and you think, oh, I look all right. That looks all right. Mm, and you, mm. and then you do this. You go, oh, fucking hell. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. Because you see, you see your or, profile. Or you, you, stop do, you, stop doing the, you stop doing this and you start doing that and you realise oh, yeah. that those those fucking shoulders you thought you had are not, exi- so, they're so not as good I as you t- thought they were. I turn to the right, which is what I just did there for those who can't see, but you mm. turn to the right and obviously all you then see is like your full derby and for me it's even worse because you get the full <laughs> you get the full pickaxe nose from my point of view as well i love it with you after we did the um podcasts the um preview podcast last week i literally went downstairs went into the garage and did a fuckload <laughs> of fucking chest presses and shoulder presses because i was so depressed by my shoulders <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought... it encouraged me to lift heavy weights for the first time since I got COVID. So I was like, "Yeah, cool." <laughs> I'm gonna do that I then. shoveled twenty ton of gravel near three weeks ago, whatever it was, That's and still I've got no definition in my arms. So these people who get shape in their arms, it's, it's well, it's the amount of work—it's it's an unconscionable amount of work. I'm not willing to do it. So. <laughs> exactly, you, you should be doing better things with your time. I think I'm just jealous. Um, like putting a t-shirt on, solved it. Yeah. Isometric holds are apparently the key, and we'll come on to that later. Okay, all right. Mm. Okay, well, I was going to say, what the fuck are they? But if you're going to come on to it later, I'll, I'll, I'll wind my neck in. Yeah. So I'm Lee. Hello, everybody. And hello, hello the person over there who is? Josh, just about, still, yeah. Yep, yep. Even after all your lifting and all that. Indeed. Unsubbed and reported, says Michael Nixon. For no vests. Lack of vests. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, you see, people expect a certain level of eroticism, don't they, once you put it out there? <laughs> you can't put that genie back in the bottle. The no. toothpaste will not no. go back into as the As much tube. as you want to. If you force it in with both feet, everything, it's, it's out there. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
Well, how's your week since? Well, obviously, it's not been long since we've seen or heard from everyone because we were here last Thursday doing a, a preview, and we'll we uh, see how, how right we were, I guess, in a bit. Yeah, I've had a. I mean, uh, go on. Yeah, I've I went home today to see my mother. That was nice. Went back to the. Your mum's still in Aberdeer, I take it. Still in Aberdeer, yeah. And we went for lunch, and it shows the paucity of places, decent places to go for a bit of light lunch in Aberdeer. That uh, we went to Zip World for lunch because <laughs> <laughs> they've got a, they've got a cafe with a love, a genuineness in the old tower colliery, and it's got an absolutely stunning view down the valley over to the Brecon Beacons. You can see Penavan, you can see Condy, you can see all of it. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful, but it is the cafe of Zip World. Which is uh, so we we were sort of soundtracked by the sound of people screaming as they descend down a massive fucking zip line from the top of a mountain, which looked fun to be fair. My sister in law is here for the week. Did my oh, yeah. son get back from? Sorry. <laughs> Last week I reported my son was. Did my son get back from Chester? Asked Ben Russell. He did. That was last <laughs> Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah, he did get mm-hmm. back from Chester on Thursday, Ben, at, at five thirty a.m. Nice. On Friday, he went to Chester again on a boat party on the lovely the D, on the Lady Diana pleasure fucking boat thing. Fucking hell! With with the lads he works I mean, in, yeah. Already just home on board. Yeah. yeah. Got back in at five a.m. Saturday, Classic. he went to Liverpool and came in at six thirty a.m. And then he was having a break from drinking yesterday, which is Sunday. And then my cousin turned up with a liter bot, like a liter can of Fax Lager from B and M Bargains. Oh, so that that tipped him facts. back onto the booze then. But I mean, Fair he's nineteen; he can do. This is the he, thing you, know you can I mean? do this at nineteen. Like, if I had one, so it's like he'll do this now, and then he'll get to thirty, thirty-two, and he'll try and do it on a stag do, and he'll realise that <laughs> times have fucking changed. What you call the the stone roses at Heaton Park? Uh, problem. Yeah. When they got back to get a load of geography teachers who'd not been out since nine, 2002 came out. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically, yeah. Enjoy that while you can't. I say more power to him. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Facts, though. And, and he's been locked up for 18 months. He had his 18th birthday in exactly. lockdown. He's had no fucking leaving, do anything. So, you know, fair play to him. Get out there. Um, Absolutely. Facts, though. Up. That's a bad way to start any any experience. I, I don't know if it's got, like a, it's got a power metal like label on the it can, has. though. Yeah. Which, which I've <laughs> got a lot of time I've for. only ever seen it in litre cans in off <laughs> yeah. licenses. Amazing stuff. stuff. Anyway. I've never heard of it until they brought it around. But anyway. <sighs> um, so he did get back, Ben, then went out again, then came back, then went out again, then came back. So back he's... In fair play to him. The full so, week. Yeah. So my sister in law's down uh, up mm. from London. Um and she's her I was I had to work today, but my wife and her went to Liverpool today and did the magical mystery tour. Did the did, Oh nice did, did that. Went to Penny Lane and the Cavern Club and Strawberry I've Fields always, and all that malarkey. I always fancy doing that. Do they do the thing where they go to Lennon and McCartney's houses. They go past them, I think. This is no, you, going can't in, go in. you probably can't go in them because of Covidage at the moment. Because they are just houses, aren't they? They're yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Room. So, yeah, so they've been doing that. So she's down for the week. And then she, uh, that's Sean. She's down for the week, who's, who's lovely. And she's going on Friday. Um, mm-hmm. She comes up on the train because she's uh, visually impaired. So she she's going on Friday. And my brother-in-law is coming Friday with his kids for a week. And then not long after that, my other friends are coming for a weekend. It's all very lovely. I mean, but I'm not going to lie to you to say I want to go back to lockdown again. <laughs> no, I I think about two social engagements is enough to make me happy to be locked down again for about six weeks. <laughs> it's like, yep, great. Really enjoyed that. Ready to be in my own company again now. Thank you very much. Although Sunday, with Sean being here, my we had like a bit of a gathering outside because the sun was lovely and all that in the mm-hmm. garden. And it was genuinely very nice. My uncle came down from Manchester. Our Keith came down. Professor oh, nice. came down from Manchester, as you've all oft heard of. Um, yeah, it was all... So it, it is lovely, to be fair. But, you know, I can every three months will do me. Yeah. Not I can't do one month. Yeah, I don't need a lot of social stuff, but like one sort of big shindig every two or three months, I feel like my social batteries would be extremely well charged, frankly. Yeah. I mean, this is my social life. 
And you know, yeah, same. What, what do you mean? That's really sad. No, it isn't. But yeah, it's a, but yeah. Well, this is why I, I have to talk to you lot every week. So that's enough for me. Um, right. So yeah, so that's what's been going on. Uh, back in work this week and all that kind of stuff. Work is horrendous. I, I won't talk. Yeah. You know, I won't bore you all with that because nobody needs to know about that stuff. But it's uh, adult social care is a difficult place to be right now. I I'll would just, imagine I'll leave, so. I'll leave yeah. it at that. Um, yeah. Okay, so if you want to get in touch with us and tell us if you're fed up with people visiting already or how difficult you know adult social care to be or any other mm-hmm. walk of life, yeah. share it with us. Indeed. Um, you can do that by getting in touch with me at Blood and Mud or I'm at mm-hmm. com. And what about you, Josh? Uh, I'm at Josh Gardner or uh, at rucked underscore mag uh, uh, or also Josh at blood and mud dot com now. I guess. Have you I had did an have email? One, have you had correspondence through to that? I did have one email, um, which is basically just somebody testing to see if it worked. And then that was me. Looked at it. No, it was somebody else. Oh. <laughs> and then and then they they emailed it and they said something. I think it was a player spotted. Uh, and then I forgot about it and forgot to you reply. See, if you send so players spotted to Josh, it will never ever. See the light of day on Def- here. Yeah, definitely CC Lee. Or it could be you've already sent it to me. I've missed it, and you think by going yeah. to Josh, you can, you know, you can. Nope. You can go through the side not. and you can do an American <laughs> college it side entry be, to Harvard it thing. It could not be more true and true because uh, <laughs> I will just look at them and go, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." I need to reply to that, and then it'll be a month. Have you watched that, um, by the way? The American college. Oh, absolutely, thing? fucking. Honestly, made it's my, a bizarre this, program the way they've done it with Matthew Modi is. as the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the docudrama thing? The sort of in the same way that you know the Liverpool Narcos thing, which I've now watched, <laughs> in, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, on your recommendation, uh, the weird like, yeah, dramatic recreation bits of that program are entirely pointless and make no sense at all. And it would be a much better doc. All of them would be better documentaries, except for the third one. Where it's quite funny that the guy's just like, no, nah, didn't happen like that. <laughs> that is that one, wasn't it? Was like, no, it's not as like it's not a drug dealer. Like, no, it's not as like it's all. Yeah, I especially enjoyed that guy's um, armed escape from prison, where he literally just ran down the bus, pressed the <laughs> fucking button, got off, yeah. and jumped in the back of a car. Um, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yes. that's worth the watch. Liverpool Narcos, but yeah, the College mm. of Misses. I mean, honestly, yeah, these honestly, people... my, my piss has never boiled more socialist. <laughs> than watching that thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Don't you think you've got enough going for you without this? <laughs> Are you not? Was, was starting life on third base not enough? For was you? already being a millionaire not enough for you? You know? <laughs> Uh, oh, anyway, yeah, anyway. so interesting stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're on Acast, we're on Apple, we're on patreon.com. Blood and Mud, where you can come along and get some extra episodes, like the preview episode last Thursday, mm-hmm. where obviously people knew about me son going out on the piss, because <laughs> that's the kind of <laughs> stuff you want for your money, isn't it? Um, yes, or there's or, and extra stuff, and there's loads of stuff in the back catalogue you can listen to as well. Um, you can see how much I gesticulate when I talk as well, if you're a patient. Yeah, you can. You see, <laughs> Josh has seen this for years. but uh, So, yeah, so... Um, that's two pound a month or twenty quid for the year, or you can do the VIP lounge, which is five pounds for the month, or fifty quid if you want to pay for the whole year up front. I mean, you know, why wouldn't you want to? And if you're in the VIP lounge for the five quid, you also get a bit of a player bio. I'd like to thank Simon Green this week, who's in the VIP lounge. Mm-hmm. Simon is a walking penalty of a second row from awkward <laughs> bastardians RFC. Lovely. He's banned from every pub in his local town for smuggling in super strength lager instead of buying booze like everybody else. <laughs> he brings in a can of facts extra strong, 10%. And I mean, no and mercy. when I say super strength, I mean proper old school super strength, like special brew and tenant super. Damn and, right. And, and super kestrel. Do you remember that? Yes, kestrel. Oh my God. So, not, I mean, because a lot of these craft beers are like mega strength, aren't they? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking no. about these craft bollocks. I mean, a lot. I mean, a lot of these craft beers are basically fucking wino drinks masquerading as high culture. Oh, 100%. It would, you know, a lot of these beers are basically wine. Yeah. Basically, yeah. just because just somebody's given it a name like Cream Slayer or Bolt Fingerer or <laughs> Picasso's Johnny Bag doesn't mean that it's fucking clever. It's basically special brew that you drink. Exactly. Yeah. Facts special facts extra strength was ten percent. I remember that. Which is just a a litre a litre of ten percent lager 
in a can for about £3.50. It's I must just have a told, night I must have told you when we went to I can't have told you when I went to London. It was my 40th, I think, and I'd stopped drinking mm. at that point. So I, as I've said, the craft beer thing has passed me by, but we ended up in some pub in fucking, not Shoreditch, the other one, Bethnal Green. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, mate from Hull had come down, Big Roger, who was almost a professional rugby league player, one of the best rugby players I've ever played with. Unbelievable skills and horrendously hard. It was like unfair, really. Six foot three as well. Anyway, he says, can I have a drink of this that he selected from the menu? And they give it to him in a third of a pint, don't they? Or two-thirds of a pint or something. He's like, what the fuck's this? Yeah, 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 the two-thirder. What the, the fuck's this? survive on these things. Like, so yeah. it comes in two, so I don't want two-thirds, I want a pint. Look, I mean, he, and they were like, he said, no, it comes in two-thirds. Listen, I'm not discussing this with you anymore. <laughs> I want it in a pint glass. So they did, but of course, he didn't realise he was drinking something that was about 11%. So we did like four, four drinks. He was basically, well, even more incoherent than people from Hull are, and, and then, then getting irrationally angry, and then I think wet himself. Yeah, I mean, on my 30th birthday, I was forced to drink a something called, it was in Brood. I mean, it shows my fucking, I wouldn't fucking go in there now because fuck those guys, but um, it was in the Brewdog pub in Bristol. Oh, yeah. Um. I think it was called Tactical Nuclear Penguin, which is uh, 32% beer. And uh, <laughs> I was bought... So I basically only, rum in a pint glass. Yeah, I was bought, I think, either a third or a two-thirds of a pint of that in Brewdog. And then we instantly got thrown out. And then I went to Hatchet, which is one of my favourite pubs in Bristol. I've been to many, many times. Uh, and I just was talking to some girls that we'd met in a non-romantic fashion and were just chatting away to in the smoking area. And I just sort of turned, leaned to one side and just threw up pretty much everything I'd eaten for the last three days directly into a flower bed and then just carried on (laughs) and chatting away while the girls sort of just got up and kind of left, understandably. And then a bouncer went over and went, I think you better go home, mate. And I was like, what what does that taste like? Not great. It just tastes like really, really alcoholic beer, like beer with a sort of the sort of burn of fucking spirits. It's horrible, pointless thing. But it did t- say send me from sort of a little bit tipsy to fucking incoherently slobbering in about fifteen minutes. So it's effective, if nothing else. Anyway. Yeah, sorry, where were we? So, yeah, so Simon Green, there you go. Thank you very much, Simon. And thank you to some the person who helped me with that biography. I won't say who it Indeed. was, but it was, mm-hmm. uh, I did, I giggled so much when they told me about this actual real person, <laughs> by the way, that I had to steal it. So, um, so David Ellis is at his neck, not being in the VIP. David's put himself above the VIP level. Hello. In a way, not one of these for a while, because if you do, if you remember, if you go above, you fat the minimum five pound amount and take it above that, mm. you then join the heavenly host of angels. We have Those a cloud reserved really for you. The very, very best. So I'd like to thank David Ellis for putting pumping his right up Hell and yeah. going into the heavenly host of angels uh, of the podcast. Thank you very much. At least I think that's what happened because then I think a day later it changed again and came back down. <laughs> But I think we've still got some of it for some period of time. I've lost. Yeah. David, were you trying to get me to do a biography for you? If that's the case, just let me know and I will and we'll do it. So but yeah. I, I got mixed Is up. Is it and also Dave Ellis, are you the same Dave Ellis that used to be the France defence coach? Well, I don't imagine he's got that much money these days because <laughs> he's not getting very big contracts, is he? So it probably isn't him. He's certainly not. Uh, bafflingly not getting any contracts because France were always really good defensively. And yeah, and defensive, never d- defensive plans haven't, moved, haven't changed that much in 15 years, have yeah, they? Exactly. Plus he's probably bright enough to amend it. Anyway. I would imagine so. Bring back Dave Ellis, I say. Yes. Shall we begin as we always begin, Josh, with the player spotted? With the player spotted now then. So... Nick Collis emails, direct on the email, to me, not to Josh, he emailed me. He says, a couple of years ago, my partner and I were abroad in in Aotearoa. I understand this story started quite exciting, but trust me, it does get very mundane, says Nick. Now, Hmm. just saying New Zealand in the the native language doesn't make the story sound more exciting, Nick. No, it doesn't. It's basically said, I went to New Zealand, which 
does not sound very exciting. <laughs> no. But that's I've never fine. been we to New Zealand, but it doesn't sound very exciting. No, it sounds really lovely, but not very mm. exciting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cheshire's lovely in parts, not very exciting. Mm. No, true. Um, he says, anyway, having finished our travels around the country, we had just found jobs in Auckland for the winter to save money before continuing our tra- continuing on our travels. Mm-hmm. Auckland is nice enough city and plenty of great spots to take day trips out. However, during the winter months, it's pretty grey, dull and uneventful. Sounds like Newport. Yeah. I, th- I think it is kind of Newport of the North Island, isn't it? <laughs> Auckland, really? It's got a bridge a bit like Newport. Is there yeah, any sailing yeah. in Newport? Probably. I mean... Historically, surely. Must be, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, he said, I'd had fa- I would found a job as a labourer for a company who carry out horizontal drilling and, and lay pipe work for utilities. Lovely. With no actual skill or experience in the industry, I genuinely never had a clue what we were doing. I did my best to fit in with the rest of the workers by following their lead, standing around doing nothing, staring into the hole in the ground for long hours <clears throat> in an attempt to fill the quoted time to complete each job. So the company wasn't obliged to return payment for completing the work early. We really were every <laughs> negative stereotype of road workers you could imagine. You see, people used to have a go at the council for doing this. Now people just pay private companies to do this. Do instead. exactly the same, yeah. Yeah. Um, on one job, I put some cones out onto the road to slow traffic, but to keep us all safe as we stared into the pit pretending to do work. So <laughs> shortly afterwards, I put the last cone down and I noticed Patrick Tuapolotu driving through our traffic slowing measures. Oh, I was going to say, I thought he was just there to help. I've got to say, that when I was first reading this, I thought, whoa, hang on, what? He was like, he'd subbed on the job, had he? The off-season or something. Um, he says, anyway, yeah, I raised two eyebrows and he, and he and instantly thought to himself, ah, Patrick Tuipolotu, I know two chaps who would love to be the be bored by this story. Damn right. And I watched as I watched on from the roadside, slightly damp from the regular showers an Auckland winter can bring. So there you go. Wonderful Patrick Tuipolotu driving past some cones put out by somebody who didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> but but in, intentionally was hired for the express purpose of not knowing what they were doing. That is Excellent. absolutely fantastic. He finishes Good off, stuff. Nick, and this shows he's a, he's a man of old around these parts. He says, I just want to say that the Brad Barrett England selection flowchart was one of my all-time favourite pieces of rugby media. Fucking hell. I remember doing team, that, team but don't really remember what it said. So, no, same. And I, I didn't renew the hosting properly on the Blood and Mud website before it went down, and now it's gone. Oh, fuck. So, so everything I created is now gone. I my ten year archive of magic. God, I mean, it's probably still on the internet. Magic. It's probably still on the internet archive. Probably if you want that bothered. I did, but I did. You could through WordPress. You could do a backup to a Google your own mm. Google Drive. So I've got a backup there, but I don't, I don't know whether I can read, like, literally pull stuff out of there. I've got to have a special interface yeah, might, tool to make yeah. it readable or something. Might have to. Who knows? I don't know. I know nothing. Does anybody know out there where, where yeah. they could pull out? I mean, some of the magic in yeah. there is, you know. Obviously I, I was a big, fan, I was a big fan of your Chris Ashton flowcharts. If memory. The flowcharts were the thing I did best. I think you, they were. They a lot were of things your... I didn't do that well. I just used to rant for like two paragraphs. <laughs> but the flowchart were the things I did do best. They were, you know, they were your USP. They were my the, USP, yeah. and they were they were so popular and successful that people started ripping the idea off. More su- like successful rugby websites started uh, shamelessly ripping you off. The Andy Powell one was my most popular one, and that, uh, I did enjoy the Andy Powell one. I think I, I even sold a few mouse mats of that. You know, you sometimes try and wow. fucking merge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking can't be asked afterwards, but I, yeah. I sold a couple of them. I think. So, uh, if anybody out there has got the Andy <laughs> Powell flowchart, flow flow you know, the people still have That's, mouse mats. I still have mouse mats. Have you got a mouse? Yeah. I've never used a mouse mat for years. I've got a laser mouse, as you can see, but I don't. I, I, I've I got a laser mouse, but I find that it does. I find that the table doesn't uh, provide a good enough surface for it compared to a, a proper mouse mat. Maybe I'm just weird. I just like having something. I understand absorbing what you mean. my sweat and fucking tissues and various other things. When you needed, um, when you need a, in the old ball days, you needed a mat, but I don't think you do. Oh yeah. Because literally, I you, can, prob- you can you can drive a laser mouse on your thigh and everything. Why you know? You can, that? but you do get some. Like, I've noticed that the laser doesn't pick up consistently enough on a table. Certainly, a white table, which is what I tend to be on. So, but my thighs are so. It must be because of the sheer strength and power of my thighs. Because you yeah, can't. And you, obviously, the- my top half is terrible. My thighs are 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and they're sort of a, a dark sort of caramel mocha color as well because of all the days you spent in the sun. So, yeah, that's probably why as well. That's the trouble with I did cycle for years, and that's the problem. You end up looking like a fucking T Rex because you have these massive legs and you got these <laughs> tiny fucking arms like this. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Oh, there you go. So, thank you, um, Nick, for that play spot. And thank you for reading whenever it was still available to read and, and remembering. <laughs> Keeping the spirit alive, you know, Keeping the only the spirit people. alive. Through the, yeah. yeah, we don't even call ourselves bloodandmud.com anymore, apart from for the sake of emails. It's just the blood and mud yeah. podcast now. Yeah. yeah. How times change, eh, Josh? Are we on web 4.0 now or something? (laughs) Anyway, so should we do the news? I think we should, yeah. Yes. News eye up. Finn Russell is back in Lions training. News number one. Yes, and potentially not a moment too soon. Um, I think he's got a shot at the Test 23. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we'll talk about this when we talk about the game, but a lot of people seem to think that Owen Farrell's cameo means that he's nowhere near... Doesn't I mean, he was very bad when he came on, except for that goal he kicked. Well, we'll talk about but, that later. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I do think whatever we think, I think Russell's in with a shout, yeah. yeah. I think so, definitely. But it's good he's back. Definitely. And especially if he's in a boot a fucking week ago. That's pretty decent, isn't it? Yeah, and it goes to show that they were quite right to sort of give him a bit of time and get himself right and not just, you know, take the easy option and send, send him, him home. home. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the first bit of news there. Uh, other yeah. news, not so nice news uh, in Scottish quarters, is that Bruce Flockhart, at the age of 23, the Glasgow player, is retired. That's um, fucking age, is it? No, it isn't. And weirdly, well, it's sorry, not weirdly, but he, oh, completely understandably, he's he says it's because of a, a number of injuries which he actually was carrying. You know, he'd, he'd had a number of injuries before he signed professional terms. So he's right. had like a history of injuries, but he's not saying it's because of the physical toll. He's, he's saying it, it, it's it, it's his mental health and just the constant knock of being injured and recovering and stuff. Um, and and credits Dave Rennie with a, a lot of support for saying because he brought a psychologist in to actually be near him at training to try to keep him calm and level and stuff like that, which is which is great. Yeah, really. int- which is great and interesting because quite a lot of players who come out from Glasgow have not spoken particularly kindly of how Dave Rennie treated players who were Mm. on the fringes slash injured. So, I mean, I guess it it is true that, you know, these things, you know, different people will have very different takes on the situation. It's interesting that you don't, you don't often think about, you know, the disability discrimination act and, reasonable adjustments mm. and the like in the world of rugby dear because why would you, you? But, but actually you know if you are depressed or got mental health problems it is under the dda and a reasonable adjustment might be to give you a bit of support in training to yeah i mean i think the good the, the, the it's terrible for him that he's had to and yeah know, get it on is. The screen five years and never really get going but what's really good about it is is one it shows how much we've changed that he's actually talking about the reasons why he's going quite openly mm-hmm. and two from what I've seen, the vast, vast majority of responses or people talking about it is incredibly sympathetic. Yeah, indeed. And you know, that's just going, Oh, yeah, that sounds terrible, mate. Yeah, you've had a lot to put up with rather than, you know, you want to fucking pull yourself together, lad, you know. And yeah, which I think 10 years ago would have been a lot more of a popular opinion. People, that's people's dream, that is playing a professional. And you're telling yeah. me it's too hard, you can't handle it mentally. What's hard about that? Playing rugby every day, etc., etc. Yeah. We, are, we just, do seem to be a long way away from that now, the vast majority. And if, and if, I really hope so, because rugby will be a better sport if we can fucking bolt gun that in the head forever. And the world, to be honest. I mean, it's weird because my kids are teenagers and they're obviously a different um, generation to me. And it is noticeable how much more they talk about mental health, that generation. Mm. Well, I never fucking did. Around calling, beyond call, calling people a meddler or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not mental, which is terrible. But uh, that's what we yeah. used to do. Yeah, I use the, the, S, the S word about people and the like oh, yeah. 13, which is, but anyway, but the, I suppose the, the, it is a double-edged sword, but it's really good that they're talking about it. But the flip side of it is they want to diagnose everything. Everything has yeah. to I think they sit around as 16-year-olds diagnosing each other a little bit, which is actually slightly worrying because not everything is a diagnosis. Yeah, not everything is a mental health problem. Yeah, having sometimes said you're that, just a bit of a prick or sometimes you're just Or sad. you're just a bit fed up. <laughs> yeah, you've had a bad week yeah. or whatever, you know, or, or mm. something like that. Or, or, you know, but however, 
it's in, it's infinitely better that they're talking about it and over oh, yeah. they're not talking about it at all and ended yeah. up properly depressed and suicidal even though that's still happening but you know what i mean yeah so it's I like, do think it's like in hollywood where everyone's had too much therapy but it's still probably <laughs> better than not having yeah, any therapy at exactly all. you <laughs> like, can't talk like, too much can you yeah people in you know people in hollywood have had too much therapy and they're all too self-aware to the point where they're fucking lunatics, but yeah. they're probably a lot better off in themselves than they were if they'd had no fucking therapy at all. And I think it's a similar kind of thing. Yeah, but terrible news for him, but I think if that's a... It, Shit, but yeah. Stu Clark says in the comments, it's interesting what uh, Bruce Lockhart yes, said, I remember. because Matt Smith effectively said the opposite about Dave Rennie, which is probably what you were alluding to, Josh, I imagine. Yeah, but, um, it was. But a huge... but. Yeah, that is strange, but I suppose I, I imagine they're both telling the truth. Yeah, know, exactly. That, that they're their true experiences of it. Which is odd, of it yeah. But um, yeah, so just very, very sad. But I think a nice little vignette for how we can actually be upfront about this stuff now that at the age of twenty-three, so, yeah, with loads of physical injuries, you can just be so fucking done in mentally by it. Just that you just need to take a break and you can't face yeah. it anymore. Speaking um, of, um, go on. Speaking of, I can't face it anymore. Uh, Quake Cooper's back in the Wallaby squad, which I just find hilarious. Despite and being refused uh, citizenship. Despite being refused, despite having done nothing to contribute to Australian culture. <laughs> um, yeah, 33 years old, back in... Basically, they can't get anybody else to play. They've got injuries that fly off and everybody else will be stuck fucking uh, in quarantine in Australia, so he's basically the only option they've got. Um which is funny. It's just funny the thought of Quake Cooper suddenly having a fucking test renaissance, older, wiser, you know, having that mental diet where he was drinking fucking bone broth while doing fucking arm curls or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Snorting, st- snorting steak powder or something when he and drinking bone broth. It's, it's a testament to him, you know, eating 17,000 ribeye steaks a day, you know, that he's got a 33, he's back in the test arena. He's interviews with the press nice and short because he honks. <laughs> um, uh, yes, so that's interesting, I think. It is interesting. a bit mad. Other bad news is um, obviously former... Well, still friend of the pod. If we if if we were to see him again, Lenny Woodard, um, who has been diagnosed with early onset dementia. Yeah, and kind of came in a week where, you know, there were what two reports, different reports that came out this week about head injuries in sports, the Department for Culture and Media and Sport one, and the uh, Drake Foundation study, and. I mean, we can talk about this a bit later in more depth, but yeah, it's just, it puts it all into, you know, he's 45 years old, man, and he's got dementia. Like, I think, and he's a perfect example, I think, of, of when people talk about you knew the risk, right? When we interviewed Lenny, I think he was, he's about, he's my age, Lenny. I think he was 41. It was, yeah. it was 2015, so he'd been 40 or 41. Yeah. And he's, he was on his, t- he wanted to play until he got the all-time Welsh try-scoring record at all levels yes, of rugby did. or something. Plus, he still loved it. But yeah, I remember joking at the time because he said he, he needed new hips and he yes. walked with a limp. And I said, well, how do you play rugby? How do you run? He said, well, I run with a limp, which was fucking hilarious. But it was there. Yeah. But but it, I got the impression with Lenny, he knew that he was physically putting himself through it for probably something that was only important to him, perhaps, but was important. But he'd given a lot of his life to the game. Yeah, um, and I think he realised that he was putting his body at risk in that way. Exactly. I think he That's knew what I mean. that he was going to need That's... hip replacements and new knees and new ankles and God knows what else. But I don't think he expected to sort of... Because <laughs> I don't think they were... Edu- it comes back to that thing. What did they know and what should he have known because they should have told him? Because people tell yeah. you, if you keep playing like this, your knee is going to be shagged. Do you know what I mean? And you go, all right, mm. we're fine, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway, sort of thing. I think, you know, having a dodgy knee is not going to stop him fucking doing what he did for a living, which was, you know, at well, the it's, time it's, it's, was it's, selling it's, fucking office telecoms systems yeah. to small businesses. He didn't need... I'm doing fucking brilliant at it, by the way, yeah. judging by yeah, his he Instagram. Was. He's a very successful guy, Lenny. Um, yeah. 
Um, and you know, now he, you know, he's saying that he has to fucking write somebody's name down on a piece of paper when he hears it on the phone because he can't remember their name by the end of the fucking phone call. And the saddest thing is saying that he's he's not a very angry person, but he keeps having irrational rage that he doesn't really <sighs> understand and things like that. Which and you hear like a lot about dementia, which you know people know the forgetting thing, but you get a lot of um, unexplained it's, fear, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. Which, um, and the thing is, there's, there are some dementias which are specifically for early onset picks disease is a particularly awful mm. version of dementia which tends to strike can strike in the, the 40s and early 50s but that's a very specific condition it's not it's not because you've had your head knocked around by your sport but to come back to the point exactly that what you said basically i think lenny knew that he, i shouldn't really be doing this because i'm going to knack on my hips but i think if yeah. somebody had said to him 10 years before if you keep going like this you'll forget people's names at the age of 45 yeah. you will eventually well it's, it's essentially you will you know, at 45 with at least 20 years of your likely working life ahead of you, you will effectively compromise your ability to do any sort of job. You know, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> there's there's post-career fucking care and then there's that, man. I just, I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of seeing players who are barely older than me having their fucking lives destroyed, man, just because of this sport that we love. Like, we've that got a responsibility terribly sick for Lenny because he's the same age as me yeah the idea that I you know yeah yeah it's just awful for him it's fucking shit man I feel terrible for him and you know hope that he can get the best of care to manage the condition as best he can but it's like we you know we've all got a responsibility as fans and stewards of this game that we love to not let this happen again and not let this happen to another generation I think his son's playing junior rugby now and he's not stopping it but he's saying we need to use what, what's happening here and to, you know, pop him mm. and everybody else to learn something and make sure he's fully educated and all of the protocols are in place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So tough. very, very sad. So listen, go, well, you won't listen to this, but go well, Lenny, because, uh, Indeed. you know, what a shame. Um, anyway, uh, last bit of news for me, Northampton mm-hmm. have signed Chris Cook. Yes, my biggest my about. biggest fan. I was going to say, does he still follow you? Is he your only I mean, professional rugby follow? He's not my only professional rugby follower. Thank you, George uh, Gus Pichot follows me on Twitter for some reason. Um, but he, I'll tell you what, Chris Cook has followed Rugby Shirt Watch slash Mag on Twitter since it started in 2013. He was in my first 100 followers. And to this day, he still will like every single thing I post. Is like, it a Yo and Lloyd easy, level of like? Yo and Lloyd level with me, like genuine. If you if you go if you click on Chris Cook's profile and like click on his like likes, like everything that I tweet, he likes. Which you know, fair play to him. I respect that. I I, I root we, for him as a player much more as a result <laughs> because we, I'm shallow we, like that. Yo and Lloyd seems like a lovely lad, but. You, there's just no filter with his likes, is there? Literally, a teammate could say, "My pancreas has just exploded, and I've got three hours to live," and he'll he'll like it. It's what incredible. he like? Well, it was the um, when Alan Wynn did his shoulder, like <laughs> the post about that. He liked it. It's like nobody liked that, mate. <laughs> is it's it like because of that generation? George Lost has torn his ACL. But, uh, like, I think he is just the generation where. It's not like it isn't even the like in your. It's just an acknowledgement slash like interaction. Although I don't know, I don't pretend to understand the kids. <laughs> I mean, I don't go near my, my kids. Well, my kids are not on Facebook because that's for like racist relatives, as far as they're concerned. Yep. Um, and my kids, they're on Instagram, but it's all private, obviously. Plus, I've got mm-hmm, no interest obviously. in looking at all. God no. And yeah. I've never been anywhere near Snapchat, Snapchat and don't understand it. So Absolutely correct. Yeah, no. Um, why would you go anywhere near that thing? I'm not on TikTok like either. It. Have you done TikTok? Um, I've been on TikTok. No, I haven't actually signed up, but I've looked on the app for just about long enough to make me feel like the oldest man that has ever lived uh, and for but physical grey beard things to happen. The only thing, see, because all the people I'm into put all their TikTok stuff on Instagram anyway. Same, exactly. All the musicians I like put all their TikTok videos on Instagram. (laughs) So that's fine. So I'm not losing anything there. Yeah. But apparently, it's like really easy on TikTok to get like 
hundreds of thousands of views on videos because the way their algorithm. My son tells me this. I don't know. But... The algorithms, yeah, their TikTok's algorithm is such that um, it's still in that thing where anybody like you know how like social networks will reach a saturation of users and then they will make it infinitely harder to grow your following yes like to like twitter did that very well like for the first five or six years that twitter existed it was quite easy to build yourself up into several thousands of followers and even up into sort of like nine or ten k but nowadays you it's nobody follows anybody like everybody's sort of entrenched with the number of followers that they have and there's not really much moving (laughs) so i think that like yeah, it's if you want to get on TikTok now. Have you heard about the TikTok houses? Of course I haven't heard about the TikTok houses, Josh. Which is these houses that like venture capital, like they're these mansions effectively that venture capital firms buy and run and they'll get like TikTok influencers to come and live in that house rent-free and they'll use, basically they'll pool their efforts to make the sort of house account money through endorsements by making TikTok videos while they're also making money for themselves on the side. It's sort of, there's something weird and exploitative about it and I don't like it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a thing now, TikTok houses. Never ceases to amaze you how these, the, you know, it's like the oldest bastard in the world now, but how the, you know, the, the, the new internet world creates all these new fucking earning models and, yeah, and every single one of them seems to people. take. Every single, I was going to say, every single one of them somehow seems to take the piss out of the person mm. doing the work somehow. But basically, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, in my area of work, it's a big growth area: um, technology-enabled care and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, all yeah. that. Long words that yeah. now, though. Maybe that's a patron special we on fancy here about technology-enabled <laughs> care, which you won't. Um, there's going to be a lot of demand for that. Have you got any much. more news? Uh. Roger Tuivasa-Shek um, has been let go of his NRL contract earlier, so he can leave the Warriors and join up uh, with Auckland in the MPC and prepare for next year's Super Rugby season with the Blues. Again, it'll be fun to see him in Rugby Union. I don't see how he gets into that all-black team, but fuck it, let's see what happens. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, at the end of the day, when you've beaten Australia a couple of times in Rugby League and won a, you know, you're probably ready you- to... Uh... And you know you're not going to have a rugby world cup, uh, rugby league world cup to go to now. You might as well just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Oh yeah, that's a bit. Of, I mean, it's a different code. That's a bit of news, isn't it? Australia New Year just said no, we're not coming. Does not does not I'm bode not, well for I'm the fucking autumn internationals. That. I am not coming to play Island. I actually don't think I don't think it'd be that big a problem for the autumn internationals. I think this is a particular. I mean, you have to understand the politics of international rugby league. It's staggeringly minging. <laughs> it's I absolutely watched, staggering, um, which is why you had the chair of the RFL. On Radio Four, oh, the morning cowards. after, saying yeah. they were, he was absolutely disgusted and they were cowards. <laughs> Imagine that happening, Rugby. It just doesn't happen in Rugby because it's not a fucking bin fire. The, inter- the international game, <laughs> honestly, Australia, New Zealand are two are basically two seconds away at any point just to go. I'm not fucking playing international rugby league. It's a fucking waste of time. I mean, for them, why would they need to? Yeah, exactly. Because they've got the NRL and that's where all their money comes from. It takes a lot of fucking schmoozing and pressing and promising and and grafting to actually get them to commit to do fucking anything, to be honest. So it doesn't surprise. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the death knell for the Autumn Internationals that that people may think it is, because it is a very different political scenario. That's a very good point. Yeah. And also, let's face it. I just need to step over here and turn on my lamp before it gets too dark. You do that. Yeah, I do, I do just think that it will it should give pause to people that think that the autumn internationals are just going to happen as planned just because they're in the calendar now because there's still plenty of opportunity for Australia and it's become political now. This is the thing not just within the sport political but in a wider sense political as well. Big like, P and small P. Yeah, it's a big fucking, you know, cultural difference in how you manage your response to a pandemic fucking dick swinging, which it's never good for sport to get in the middle of that. Let's face it. Dennis Souter says, I want to see the blood and mud TikTok house. You don't, because it would just look like this. Me and Josh sat in separate yeah. rooms talking to each other on camera. <laughs> yeah, with our, with our clothes on and not doing any stupid dances. So yeah. Six years we've been at this. We've seen each other in person twice. 
<laughs> Even I can't believe that. I think we may see each but other then, more with, if it wasn't for the pandemic. Because I think, I think you probably would have. Yes, we're going to make but, at least uh, an annual fixture of Judgment Day, weren't we? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's just this is it, lads. This is as good as it gets. Any more news? Nah. Right. So that endeth the news, and now we're going to talk about. Are we going to talk about a game now? I suppose, yeah, Lions time now, isn't it? Let's talk about the Lions, but before we do that, we have to say goodbye to our non-patron listeners. Bye, guys. Goodbye. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Need to get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Right then, so that the ends the talk about the box game and other things. We welcome back our non-patron listeners. You've missed all the Lions chat and you missed exclusive Razzie chatting to Yako uh, footage <laughs> that we managed to exclusively get. So, you know, if you want a bit of I'll that... I'll tell you what, I mean, we probably need to check Razzie for a head injury or two because his accent's got very, very weird. I'll tell you what, Both of them, frankly. I- I'm always I'm always incredibly impressed by how much better um, Razzie's South African accent is when we get these recordings than, than my attempt to do any South African accent ever. <laughs> I mean, it's mainly... Just because, because he's from there, obviously. Yeah. I think it's because Razzie's channeling the spirit of um, the South African baddie in Mission Impossible 2, which uh, I don't know about you, but I base all my South African accents on that. Whereas, whereas I, when I do vods, I channel the South African accent of the baddie in Lethal Weapon Two, which explains <laughs> why there's generational difference between us. It there, you know? Doesn't it? Yeah. Just that, yeah. that ten years doesn't show very often, but when it does. <laughs> uh, right then, so then, should we finish off with shit good? Because we bring all of this to yeah, yeah. careering end. So, okay, what have you got that's shit? Uh, Will Greenwood's test hair. I didn't think he could get any worse, but it has. <laughs> he's he's actually gone. He's doubled down on it, hasn't he? He's gone yeah, in yeah, and yeah. said, "Fucking he's, zero it, yeah, zero yeah, the sides." None of the, none of this fucking number one on the sides. I want it to the fucking wood, pal. I want basically a Mohican. It's awful. He looks like something out of Mad. He looks like a character that gets killed really early on in Mad Max. And well, he's probably about nine stone now because I think he's basically living off speed and lager. Is the conclusion I've come to. Uh, it's like the latest yeah. iteration of the keto diet, but you just honestly. Have and the beauty of it is, you can have as much of each as you want. The bit on that diet. where the TMO bit, where he, um, the non-try yes. for the in front of the kicker, mm-hmm. I, he was deranged at that <laughs> moment, like properly, fully deranged, like just. <laughs> His booming fucking nonsense. Yeah. It's gonna be a try. Yeah. The artist formerly known as Prince Shuttlecock. <laughs> Shuttlecock. Shuttlecock. It was so bad. It was just so fucking. Even by the bad standards of this tour, and I didn't think it could get any worse. I truly didn't. It was just fucking appalling. Really bad. I mean, it's just, just an ongoing. I mean, people have got it in shit good later on because uh, you know it could, it's just a, a perennial, perennial thing now. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, we got the shit here. Ian Garrett says, "I don't know if this is good or shit, but I cheered like fuck when Marrow told you was completely shit housing prick at every breakdown on Saturday. I also shouted go on Owen when Farrell kicked that penalty, and yeah. having cheered Owen Farrell, I feel confused, feel confused, dirty, and don't know what is happening to me." <laughs> It's hard, isn't it? It's the, it's the it's arguably the magic of the lions, right there. Is yeah. I'm assuming you're not an English person, Ian. You know, I'm making that leap. 
I would imagine uh, so, yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's just somebody that really hates Saracens. But it could be that as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Mike Swinson gets in touch. He says, shit is a South Africa reserve front row. I expected them to really step up the pressure, but they just weren't match ready and it really backfired. Yes. It's interesting who's, what Adam Jones said about it after the game, where it's just basically like, I don't know what's happened to Malherbe in the last 18 months, but he's a fucking shadow of the player that he was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't sugarcoat it, Adam. Fucking hell. Uh, ben Smith gets in touch. He says, shit is Will Greenwood. Yes, almost unlistenable. Mm-hmm. And when he's not stepping over one of the 14 other Sky people that they have involved in the broadcast. Basically, yeah. I mean, Andy, it's, it's still too many people. There's no... Oh, yeah, like, what is Nigel adding to this? What is Nigel Owens adding to this broadcast? And we've talked about it enough anyway. Too much. Andy Bradshaw says that shit is we've just gone and angered them now. They're going to be like animals <laughs> on Saturday, yes. I do think there's a very good chance that the Lions will reap the whirlwind a little bit in the second test. We but, all you know, want to decide, a, don't we? Do we? Exactly part of me doesn't. I'd like it boxed part off. Part of me wants to fucking, yeah. I would, ha- I would be very happy with 2-0, but, you know, a third test I want 2-0, then Marcus Smith comes in for the third test. <sighs> I want Marcus, I want, no, I want Finn starting, Marcus on the, off the bench. No, I Pure want fucking, Finn at, I want Finn at 12, Finn at 12. Marcus Smith at 10. Oh, oh, oh. Now we're talking the full banter team. Um, Jamie Everett gets in touch. He says, shit, is missing a live broadcast in the US and having to wait eight and a half hours for NBC to post the replay Jesus. while simultaneously imposing a social media blackout on myself to get the live experience. I mean, that is some going in this day and age, Jamie. That really way. is. Because, I mean, just picking your phone up, because everything is in your phone, isn't it? Contacting people, what's yeah. on the telly, videos, email, everything. And it's so hard to just avoid anything. And it's impossible not to read as a human being. Have you noticed that? If somebody mm-hmm. holds up words in front of you, you read them. You're reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Very difficult stuff. Uh, Mary Williams says, shit was the first half of the game and good was the second half of the game. I like that. Basically, Simple, yes. to the point, absolutely bang messing. on. Jason Flynn Wall gets in touch. Hello, Jason. And he says, uh, shit is Neil Francis. And good is the fact that he got fired. Yeah, I mean, we didn't, you know, if that all happened, we haven't even talked about it, but fucking hell. What more can you say? I mean, the guy's been a disagreeable toss bag, awful bastard. That's the thing, he's, been, fucking dog, he's been dog whistling racism bollocks along with all the other unpleasant shit that he said for ages. It's just, he finally said something about someone that pissed enough people off that fucking Harlequins and the Lions were both fucking hammering down the Indo's door, which I think is the difference between being a sort of successful provocateur and being out of a job, sadly. Sourdust gets in touch and says that shit is Mako on Cheslin Colby. I don't give a fuck how well he played. I don't give a fuck how obvious it was that Colby wasn't hurt. Anyone defending that, I'll go with a 100 miles of snowflake response. Need to take a long trip to the seaside and keep driving. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think players should be gripping people up off the floor. But it's not for you to decide whether somebody's injured or not. Especially, he was quite still on the floor, wasn't he? So yeah, I think it, it was. You know, he obviously, and I, I, you know, I think we all, as both fans and players, understand that impulse of get the fuck up. Get the fuck up. <laughs> I've shouted it enough times. Yeah, get yeah. up. I shout the incredibly counter uh, contradictory: get up or get off. <laughs> I shout that roughly. Get up or get off. Well, hang on a minute. If you don't get up, you can't get off, can you? So. Yeah. But like, yeah, we all understand that fucking impulse. But in professional rugby, you know, there's got to be a, a certain no, level no, of deep. It's a bit just yeah. a deep your care, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Gary Gorge, our man in South uh, Africa, well, one of our men in South Africa, he says, shit is the whole media war. It's all very shouty, McFucking shout face, very tiresome, and it's only Monday. That's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking true. It's not even the end of Monday yet, and we've had all this. We've still got five days of this. Five days of Rassi Erasmus creating increasingly elaborate characters on Twitter. Isn't it funny? Razzy Erasmus does this, right? And everyone goes, oh, isn't this shithousing and funny? Clive Woodward does this. What a fucking bellend and the worst person in rugby. Eddie Jones does this. Worst person in rugby. Yeah. Just shows, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the thing is that Razzy just has is clearly playing a character because he's quite nice most of the rest of the time. <laughs> it's like he's yeah. clearly decided that his 
his vibe in this tour is cheeky shit house, and I'm, I'm I've got no problem with it. Crack on, I say. Any more shits from me? Want a good? No, that's. Uh, Any that's good from on. you? I tell you what's good, right? How many people um, wrote in to say on Twitter and the various other places um, about how good it was that they got to watch this game with friends? Because, like, for most of us, that is the fucking Lions. It's not, you know, people complain about not being on tour and not following the team around. That's a fucking 1%ers luxury problem. But for the vast majority of the rest of us, the experience of the Lions is watching it in a pub or a bar or having some mates over. And for once, everybody's on the fucking same team and it's great. And I just, you know, especially after everything that's happened in the last 18 months, the number of people that were just like, yeah, I got some friends around or we went to a fucking pub and we watched the Lions. It's just like, fuck yeah, that's fucking great. I uh, I was working in The Guardian on it, obviously. Mm. And because I'm, you know, and a rugby guy, which I still can't quite believe at times, but I am. Um, the, um, but I, I'm not doing next weekend because I've actually got some people coming and I can't do the weekend after because every 11 months, the garden make you take a month off so they don't have to employ you. <laughs> so I can't do the third test anyway because I have to take a month off. So I've actually got the next two tests just watching it, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. And I'm actually incredibly looking forward to it. You don't realise when you've got to work it that you can't really you enjoy what. it. Apart from yeah, sometimes turning some abuse, you can't because you're constantly having to think, like, how do I fucking write words yeah, how do that, I are, wor- that are worthy this? of publishing to explain what I've just seen? Now, whether I'm successful yeah, in yeah. that, other people can judge. But that's what you constantly have to think of all the time. It's really tricky. So actually, next week, I can just lose my shit, abuse people, that's why I'm, I'm, I like going on Twitter on games. I can't do that now because I'm working a lot of the time. So I don't fucking, I don't feel sorry for me. I'm asking for sympathy. I'm just saying it'll be nice no, to I've, go you know, to I've do... done it and it is it definitely, you know, you're not enjoying a game, you know, because there's a fucking constant need to put it into some sort of context and it's draining and tiring. And there is just, I, you know, I really, I will never not appreciate having done that, the freedom of just sitting and watching a game of rugby and being able to enjoy yeah. it. So I'm looking forward to that for the next few weeks. Yeah, and my brother-in-law will be down watching it with me, which is nice. Nice. And a mate of mine, he's coming over as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, okay. So, thank you. So, good. We've got Stu Clark, who's also commented a few times on here. Hello, Stu. He says, good. Do you mind answering some of his questions, some of the questions around his defence and ability in the air? It wasn't perfect, but most, pe- but most people, and I'm including myself in this, says Stu, expected him to get worn like a hat by the box kicking and Colby, and he did pretty well. Yeah. Can't mm. disagree with any of that. Agree. Sam Andrew Mars gets in touch. He says, good is Ali fucking Price. I thought it was really good on Saturday. I thought it was good when it started going forward, but that's not that true. That's not that untrue of most scrumars, really. But I don't I don't think he was that terrible. He wasn't he did okay in the first half as well when things weren't going too well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. James Mackay Mount gets in touch. He says, Good is having a South African rugby fan in my project team. Oh yes. Now we're talking. <laughs> is he losing all his shit about the decisions like most of South African Twitter are? Quite. Neil Webber gets in touch. He says, also good is being able to hear Lee's beat poetry every time Will Greenwood speaks. It's made his reactions <laughs> to the Lions try absolutely hilarious. Yeah, all right, fair enough. I'm Quite. glad anything that makes that less fucking unbearable, Neil, I'm glad I can bring it to you in one way or another. Quite. Uh, we're doing this week, right? So Grant Taylor gets in touch and he says, good was watching the match as well. Like you said, uh, Josh, watching the match in the wonderful buzz of a crowded rugby club. The noise was Honestly. so loud that I couldn't hear any of Greenwood's twat full commentary. I tell you what, what a double fucking bonus part. that is, by the way. And then finally, Paddy Gilling gets in touch and says, uh, does the sheriff's accidental falcon charge down count as shit and good? And it charges good. I'll tell you what, he took it to the face and didn't Straight fucking on miss the, the fucking beat. bugle. And didn't miss a beat. Absolutely. He fucking leathered it as well. <laughs> oh, so there you oh, go. Quite. So that was, um, that was the podcast thank you very much for tuning in those of you who've been on the live stream thanks for your contributions and comments as always thank you to all of you patrons who get to listen to all of this and see it now of course we will be back probably thursday again when the teams are all present and correct assuming mm-hmm. nothing's fucking linked in between quite 
and uh, we will speak to you then. And we've got another couple of weeks of this, haven't we, Josh? And then we've promised ourselves a month off. Yes, we're going to take a little break. Because it's been, so, uh, we, we meant to have a break last Christmas and it lasted a week and a half, we worked mm, out. So we're going to yeah. take a bit of a break. So thanks very much, everybody. And we'll uh, be back again Thursday and then again next Monday. See you. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network.